You're listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast, the podcast where we discuss the best and not so best books we've ever read. We're your hosts, Liv and Kim. Hey everyone, Liv here. Just wanted to give you a reminder before we get into this episode to go enter the giveaway on Instagram for a copy of From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. The giveaway is open until April 17th and we will be announcing the winner next Wednesday the 19th on the next episode. So go ahead, go check out our Instagram and enter the giveaway. Thanks, enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are back for another episode this week. We're talking about our first thriller. Yeah. Not our first thriller, but the podcast's first thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like I read a lot of thrillers. Like last month I I read a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Do you, do you like thrillers? Like, um, I've okay. Well, I've read obviously the one that we did today. Um, I've read like Gone Girl and Girl on the Train. Okay. I genuinely can't think of another thriller that I've read. I read one called like Someone's Wife, the, the Something Wife or something. I don't know. Oh. I, I find I don't reach towards them unless they're like very highly recommended. Because mm-hmm. I sometimes find that it's always the same trope. Yeah. That might mean that I'm not reading enough of them also. But I don't know. I just don't reach for them often. Yeah. I find when you read it, that's kind of like my issue right now with thrillers is like, I think I've read every trope. I've read it all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, there's but only so like... much you can do, really. Yeah. yeah. Like missing person. Yeah. A dead person. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just haven't like I'm open to reading more of them I just there it's just not what I reach for mm-hmm. most so yeah well, this one but, is a good one that a lot of people like so was fantastic yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into that I guess we should chat yeah. a little bit more life updates mm-hmm. Kim do mm-hmm. you any any life updates any things that you've done recently mm. oh my god I can't think. What have I done recently? Well, I did get a job recently. I think I talked about this on the last podcast. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. It's been very fun um, getting to know people here. Yeah, just I think I briefly touched on it the last podcast, but like work culture in Spain is so different to work culture in North America. Like even, yeah, like it's just, just, I I mean, it's, I'm working in a different field, I guess, but the work culture is just more like upbeat and fun. And I'm learning like a lot about like restaurant culture and stuff from Spanish people. (laughs) Like I've been to a lot of restaurants while I've been here, but it's very normal to have a really long lunch. They do like three course meals here. So you'll have like the menu of the day. And you get an appetizer. So it's usually like a salad or like a potato salad or like a ratatouille type dish. But it's like a full plate. Like your appetizer is like a full plate. And then your second dish is the main course. So it could be like a soup or a pasta 
or like fish with potatoes. Like they love potatoes here. Yeah. It's like a big plate again. And then your third plate is a dessert. So it's like a three course meal all the time. And then usually you get like a coffee or a drink and then people just like chill for lunch for a long time. So it's like very cool. Like in my previous job, I worked from home, so I didn't go for lunch with any of my colleagues. So I'm just like, whoa, this is so cool. What a so weird interacting with people. I did go shopping for like the first time in so long because I needed to get new work clothes. And like people just dress so nice here. Like everyone is dressed to the nines all the time. Like you go to the grocery store. And people are dressed so fast. Like, that's the one difference that I kind of, I don't know, like, I miss being able to go to the, well, not, I I still do go to the grocery store and sweat. (laughs) Like, I just pretend that I've gone to the gym or something. Sometimes I hadn't, but everyone's just so fancy here. So that's like one thing I'm not used to because I'm, I don't know, I feel like in North America, people just dress up when we're going out, like, for Mm -hmm. dinner. Or like with your friends or something, but here they, you see people that are like with their kids and the kids are all dressed up fancy and the mom has dressed up so beautifully and they're just at the grocery store running errands. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so yeah, I think I'm getting more immersed in the culture here in Spain, which is fun. Yeah. Like going for drinks after work, it's like two euros for a beer. Like it's just so... Yeah. And I'm just excited. Like it's getting hotter now. And yeah, I'm kind of scared actually, because everyone's saying like, have you been here in the summer? And I'm like, not yet. They're like, okay, we'll just make sure you have air conditioning because apparently it gets up to like 50 degrees Celsius. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah. Like, I mean, and everyone, like, I, I think a lot of people think that Canada doesn't get hot, like where we're from in Canada, Alberta, it's quite hot. And like, it is a dry heat. So I feel like you feel it a bit more, but definitely not 50 degrees. No, no. I mean, here, like, I find it really, really hot here because it's so humid versus Calgary. Like, I actually find the dry heat easier. Yeah, the humidity here, you're just soaking wet all the time. And like your clothes are always wet, like nothing ever dries fully. Yeah, it's so humid in the summer. But yeah, we got up to like mid 30s here. And like in Ontario, it gets way hotter for way longer. Whereas like, oh, yeah, Alberta gets hot for like Calgary, it'll get hot for like, like July and August are pretty hot, but they're not it cools down at night. It doesn't last very long rather than yeah, it's different when it's yeah Ontario's like sticky hot so sticky yeah so sticky it's disgusting I went we live right by the lake so I just jump in the lake (gasps) oh my gosh yeah that's so true one of the great lakes of the greats (laughs) (laughs) yeah I that's well that's one thing I'm also excited about like um Seville is like pretty close to Cadiz and they have a beach so Mm. I'm excited to go to the beach yeah never lived close to a beach I guess Vancouver like that coast was like the closest to Alberta yeah (laughs) and that's like not a great 14 hour drive yeah for everyone that I tell I'm like yeah Vancouver is like 14 hour drive they're like what yeah 
and if you're speeding but like through the mountains but yeah that's I don't know I feel like I can't think of anything exciting I've done like <laughs> just life. I'm just waiting for summer well yeah or maybe I should take advantage of the weather now while it's not dying while I'm not dying oh but my parents are coming and our parents are coming in in June but we and a couple of our friends so we did plan that um a few nights ago so that'll be fun so be nice to see some familiar faces here yeah yeah that's nice but uh how about you what's new I have a few life updates the biggest one is that Taylor and I signed a lease together Yes. Oh, so hey, we're into, Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited. We move in together in June for June 1st. Um we found a really nice place. Um that's like I mean Kingston is very small. Like I live mm-hmm. a 10 minute walk to the main street. Um Taylor lives like basically like he lives downtown right like downtown. I literally live like 700 meters from him, but like he lives downtown <laughs> and I don't. But we have a place, we, our place is like closer to the campus, um, which like we both graduate in the fall, so it doesn't really matter, but closer to campus and closer to the water and like in a really nice area. And it's a whole main floor to oh. ourselves. Like it's a house and we have the whole main floor. It's two bedrooms. So we have um, like an, we can have like an office space and then a second bedroom if someone, when we have people come visit, which I don't know if it'll be that often, but, you know, friends from Taylor has a good friend who lives in Waterloo and we have friends that are moving away from Kingston back to Toronto so they can come visit us here and stuff. So just more space. We have a backyard. Um, oh, oh, that'll be so nice. Yeah. So we're just really excited to like merge because like we spend so much time together now already that like, like we spend most, most nights together, but then it's like he's not he's at my apartment or I'm at his apartment and um you know it's just it's just time so yeah, we're very excited yeah. for that oh. and I'm starting to like feel really like the time change just on the weekend so it's like 5 p.m and it's still really bright out which is really nice I can like walk Remy at like more in the evening not worry about walking in the dark when I got a, a part-time job just another thing to add oh. to my that I got an, uh, I got a part-time job so um oh no way really uh, yeah so I start next Friday fun yeah, just at a little like brunch spot here in Kingston so it's like a daytime serving position um I'm really excited just to be making some money because grad school is expensive and I need some cash <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yes. and just excited to like get back into the serving industry and um, kind of like hopefully get some more Kingston roots that aren't connected to the university. Not anything against mm-hmm. the university, but just like all my friends are from campus, and so I'd like to make some some more like Kingston friends so that when I'm not in school and all my school friends move away, and we <laughs> we have like I have some more yeah around me. So yeah, those are my oh, that's so things. fun. Wow, big life updates. I know. I feel like having a serving job or like just a job at a restaurant or like in the serving like service industry is mm-hmm. such a fun way to meet friends. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how we met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm uh, excited because like I've done the nighttime bar uh, yeah. work. And like as good as the money is and as good as like I did enjoy it in that t- period of my life. I'm just like 
I was really grateful that this place was hiring and that I got the job because it's again like brunch so it's they're open eight to three and just that lifestyle is so much more conducive for like my mental health and my just my personal like you know I have a dog and like a partner and like I would like to have my my weekend evenings free to hang out um with my partner and my friends and stuff so yeah yeah I'm really happy that that's where I ended up because there are tons of great restaurants in Kingston I had like so many different options um but yeah I'm glad that I went with like a daytime mm-hmm. daytime place that's, that's what I would probably do like that's what I was looking at before I got this job I was applying at brunch places because I'm like I can't I can't do the nighttime serving anymore like I worked at the lovely place we used National. to work at yeah. <laughs> National. yeah uh, I worked there like part-time last year just for some extra cash because I was like yeah oh my god I did. um I didn't last long that's for sure because my bot like I just it, it was different and and also when you know when you feel like I don't know I worked with some people that we were still working with before but I feel like my time had just passed mm-hmm. and I felt like that old hag that was like oh my feet hurt <laughs> I'm tired. What can I go home? Yeah. Like, it's just really hard. And your mental health, like, I, I was, I could do it when I was younger. And when I was like, I don't know. And I had a full-time job as well. Like that was maybe a little bit more hours than a full-time job, but I just needed something to get me out, um, on the weekends. And it got me out of the house for too much of my weekend. So Yeah. And just like, the money yeah, was not worth it. it's not, it's also not like, yes, of course you can work a restaurant bar job without drinking, but it's just so much part of the culture that like yeah. when you're done work, you have a beer or when you like, that's, it's just a lot of the part of the culture of working in like a bar is just that you mm-hmm. just end up drinking more. And of course you could intentionally not do that, but it, it just is part of the culture. And that's, I found that hard as well it's like yes i I can't i can't do it anymore i'm i'm old i am when i was 21 22 oh yeah it It was so fun i had the time of my life but like no working until 3 a.m and then like having a beer and like going to someone's apartment after you get home like 6 a.m it's not it anymore yeah my life my body is having a hard time with that now i can't i can't anymore yeah we are oldies. We're getting old, man. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh but yeah, that'll be fun. You get yeah. you'll get to meet so many fun people. Ooh, yeah, I'm so really fun. excited. And it's small. It's a small little restaurant and they have amazing food. Like I've been there multiple times. It's like a pretty, pretty well known restaurant in Kingston. So I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. So Kim and I have no updates on reading because we're both reading slowly slash Kim's reading 12 books right now so yeah and they're all the same books that I was reading um in the last podcast yeah so we're gonna talk about instead our NetGalleys because I just signed up for NetGalley because Mm -hmm. I yeah I want to start um I'm sure some of you noticed I started my own Instagram or my own bookstagram which I didn't have before and just because like I posted reviews on my own personal Instagram but they were always very they were brief and like not everyone wants to see them and I really want to get into doing some more like long form reviewing and yeah maybe start thinking about publishing 
working as a career, maybe. Mm-hmm. So just trying to like go where my passions lie. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, get a lot of like happiness out of doing this podcast and following everyone on on the on Instagram, like in the book community. Like it's been really, really special. And yeah, so all that to be said, I signed up for NetGalley. Yes. And we're going to talk about what we have right now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know what NetCali is, like if you're reading and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I guess we can talk about that because I had yeah, no idea it, what it was. Yeah, it's like, um, I guess it's a website that a lot of publishers and authors use to use, I guess, to market their books before the publish date. So, for example, if your book is publishing March 2023, you probably want to get people to read it and review it before it actually publishes and gets sold in stores. Otherwise, no one would really know about your book. So it's like a good marketing push before, I guess, your publish date. So NetGalley provides ebooks to people who are like in the book community, like book reviewers, um, people that work in journalism and media, um, also libraries. Um, so libraries that are thinking of buying books for their catalog, things like that. So it's a really great platform. And I signed up for NetGalley, I think like two years ago now, like like a bit after I made my books, bookstagram account. Um, and I had no idea how it worked. Um, you essentially just go on the website and you can look at all the books that are upcoming or like publishing in the next year or so. And you can request them. And then sometimes publishers um, deny you based on your, you have to like put all your stats and stuff and like your Instagram, they check out your accounts and look at your reviews on Goodreads and whatnot. But sometimes they deny you, but sometimes they approve you. And then Mm -hmm. you get a little ebook to read. My recommendations for NetGalley (laughs) are... To request the books you are genuinely like wanting and request books, even if you think you're going to get denied, like it's a really big author or like a really big publishing house, just request it. Like you never know what books you'll get approved for. Um, Hey, you've been approved for some big ones. Yeah. And I was shocked because I like some publishers are really great because I think it's important for them to let people maybe with a smaller platform like not millions of followers or even thousands tens of thousands because I think people listen to people who are just like them Mm -hmm. like that's why we have bookstagram and we don't just like listen to reviews that are on like the New York Times bestselling list because I feel like Um. every book is on that list so there's some publishers that are like notorious for not approving for people which we don't need to get into Um, but some are really nice that do like I got approved for Carrie Soto is back last year so thank you to the publisher for that one because that was very exciting and some got approved for a Lisa Jewell book and I'm a big fan of Lisa Jewell so that was really exciting Mm -hmm. so yeah just request whatever there's no harm done if you get denied but you might get approved so that being said we should share what we are going to be reading on NetGalley. Yeah. So my first book I have on NetGalley that is the pub date is April 25th, 2023. The book is called British Columbiana by Josie Teed. And it's essentially a memoir about Mm. a girl who 
moves to a small town in BC. And this is like after her, I believe after her, um, after her graduation. So she is just trying to figure out what she wants to do in life. So she decides to move to a remote heritage site in British Columbia, Canada. So that one was really exciting. And I'm going to show you the cover. Oh, I don't have it pulled up. One second. Cute. Right? Yeah, I love the title. And then shout out to Dundurn Press. They're like an indie publisher in Canada, but they like auto approved me for all their books on that. Nice. I love them. I love them. Their books are really good. Cool. Um, yeah. How about you, Liv? What's the book you got on NetGalley? Okay. Well, the first one that I'll talk about is The Swiss Nurse. Its published date is April 18th, so it is coming out soon, um, maybe even uh, by the time this episode comes out. I haven't started it yet, but it is during the Spanish Civil War and World War II, and I'm pretty sure it's just a historical fiction um, and she's a nurse, so it follows the main character. So I'm excited. I really love historical fiction. So yes. I'm excited about that one. And that one is published by Harper Muse. Very and it's cool. in general fiction, historical fiction, and multicultural interest. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That sounds good. The next book I have is called Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez. So I think this actually might be part of a series. Oh, really? I don't know if it's part of a series or if it's like... Um, I know Abby Jimenez like writes a bunch of romance books, but this one follows an ER doctor and she's had it up to here with men. That's what the synopsis says. Oh my God. Um, she just finalized a divorce from her cheating husband and the new guy at work has been nicknamed Dr. Death for losing seven patients on his first day. Oh. Um, so it sounded kind of funny, like a funny workplace romance. So yeah. I thought that was going to be a light, funny read. Um, that one is coming out April 11th, 2023. So I have to get reading that one. As well. Yeah, you have close <laughs> you have close ones. I know. I, I like last month I was like, oh, they're publishing in March and April. That's fine. But I'm like, oh, that's soon now. <laughs> oh my God. That one sounds good. That one it sounds cute. It sounds like a cute yes, one. It yeah. sounds like it'll be a funny, like a funny romance. I think that's kind of what she's known for. Yeah. What's another oh. one you have? Okay, I have After the Sirens by Shannon Farrell, and this one is published by Blackstone Publishing. Published date is the 13th of June, and it's in New Adult Romance and Teens and Young Adult. So it says, when Kate's parents derail her perfect New York City life with her monumentally, with their monumentally ill-timed divorce, she kind of loses it. So I think she's a teenager. She moves to Miami as a teenager, like in high school. And it seems that she becomes friends with a group of EMTs. I don't know. It's kind of like a, like, I think it's a kind of like a coming of age story. So nice. That one is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I really like the cover. I'm such a sucker for covers, but I, I know like that's like the thing that sells you on NetGalley is like, you see a cool cover and you're like, oh, mm. yeah, I, that's what gets me. If I see a cool cover, I'll like request it. Yeah. I'll share one more. I have a few others, but I wanted to share my best ones that I am really excited for. Okay. Um, I have another one called It's Not a Cult by Lauren Danhoff. Um, I just and saw the, that uh, one. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I think this one's like, I feel like this one's going to be quite popular. It's by Lauren Danhoff and it's published by Alcove Press and like the cover is really cool too. It's like an ode to, I feel like a lot of like 
very infamous cults in the past where it's like a glass and they're just dropping in like a little pill um, but it's supposed to be kind of like a funny, like a satire book. So I'm excited for this. Glinda Glass is truly trying her best. Um, she drops out of grad school, moves into her childhood home with her mom, who has not only joined a cult, but has also become entrapped by its charismatic and menacing leader. So that one sounded funny. Nice. Okay. I'll share this one. It's called The Other Pandemic. It's written by Lynn Curley. It's an AIDS memoir. It's publishing on the 6th of June, so for um, Pride Month, and it's with Charles Bridge. It's in Biographies and Memoirs, LGBTQ+, and Teens and Young Adult. Um, So it's a photo-illustrated historical memoir from the LGBTQIA+, front lines of the AIDS epidemic of the 80s and 90s. Um, And so it's just just a, a history of lots of friends and family that the author lost to AIDS. It's, I think it's called The Other Pandemic because we kind of talk about COVID as being the most recent pandemic. And mm-hmm. sorry, like being the first pandemic in hundreds of years when AIDS um, and HIV was a pandemic mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s. But it was ignored because of who the people were that were getting sick. So yes. I just thought it, that would be a very emotional read and just really important stories to be told. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited to read that one. Um, and it has lots of photos, which I have it on my Kindle, but Kindles are black and white. So I also have the like downloaded one so I can nice. look at the pictures in color if they're in color. So yeah, those are a few. I have two, a few others, but I have one that was published last January and it, I don't think it was a very popular book because yeah, uh, I haven't seen it anywhere, but it sounds like a really interesting book because it's about a woman's it was right after the trump election it's a it's fiction but it was right after the trump election and i think her son kind of gets pulled into um right-wing stuff oh and that's what the novel is so it's not very popular like it came out in 2021 and i've never seen it before but um i thought it'd be interesting to read so i have that one as well oh okay that's cool we'll see how that one is but it's already been published yeah i feel like that galley is just it's so interesting because sometimes I see books on here and then like six months later you see them come out and it's kind of cool seeing them in stores or like seeing the ones mm-hmm. that do really well. Like I remember when Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow was on NetGalley and like I, I don't remember, oh, I didn't I didn't request it or anything, but I remember seeing it and being like, I wonder if that book's going to do well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. It did. So yeah. it's just interesting seeing books that like take off so much. That, yeah yeah that is cool the insider yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay well that's all we're going to be reading from netgalley watch out for some of those reviews on our instagram pages yes. and possibly a little we might do a little like Minnesota maybe a little minnesota or something yeah but yeah 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 read, so okay <laughs> should we get into this should we get into this thriller yes what okay. thriller are we doing? So, Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney. So, yes. I will be giving a little bio for Alice before we get into the book. But Alice Feeney is a British novelist, and she writes specifically in the mystery and thriller genres. Um, and before she was a published writer, she was a producer and a journalist for BBC for about 15 years. She started there at the age of 21, and she was a producer, also a reporter and 
yeah, so she worked there for 15 years before she started writing. And she wrote her first novel. She started when she was 30 and she would write in her spare time. And then it came out in 2018. So she has five novels. She has Sometimes I Lie. She's actually come out with one book every year for the past five years. So that's oh wow crazy. But Sometimes I Lie came out in 2018. I Know Who You Are came out in 2019. His and Hers in 2020. Rock, Paper, Scissors in 2021. And then 2022 was Daisy Darker. So that's a little Ooh, yes thing about her. Fox bought the television rights to Sometimes I Lie. So that will come out in a TV series. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, Jessica Chastain, Kristen Campo, and Endeavor Content acquired the television rights to His and Hers. So it sounds like a few of her books are going to be produced into some TV shows. So. I think even Rock, Paper, Scissors, like this one we're talking about today, that one looks like it's going to be adapted to a Netflix show. Oh. Yeah, that's what I'm reading right here. Cool. So, yeah. Wow, she has like a lot of... I feel like her books are pretty popular, though. I always yeah. see these ones on Instagram. Yeah, in bookstores. Like, she's a pretty popular crime crime writer um, a yeah. mystery and thriller writer but yeah let's go into the goodreads reviews for rock paper scissors and then i'll do a little synopsis but rock paper scissors was rated a 3.97 on goodreads and it was a nominee for best mystery and thriller in 2021 whoa yeah so let us know if you voted for it <laughs> but <laughs> Um, Liv, what did you rate this one? I rated this a four out of five. I did also rate it a four out of five. I don't think I rated it on Storygraph because I wasn't using Storygraph at this time, but I feel like I'd rate it a four out of five. I don't know. I find thrillers hard to rate. I don't know. It's not like you're reading like a, I don't know. I don't know how to rate thrillers. Like I find that I can rate it like a two if it's really bad or like a four or like a three if it's okay and then a four if it's good if it's really good but a five is like I can't compare a thriller to like a five-star read that was like of literary yeah you know like something that was like how I rated tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow a five it feels weird to rate a thriller you know yeah also like I think five stars are hard to give out like I I don't think many books deserve five stars yes like it has oh. to be a book that i'm gonna be like rereading and loving the second time type yeah. of thing. i think that um back when i rated this too i was never thinking really of of half or quarter stars like i was only really i was being really strict to my adherence to the five star so i think if i were to go back i would probably give this like a 4.25 mm-hmm. because even just like rereading the synopsis today before we we talked about it, like I was like, oh, this book was good. Like I remember reading this and being like, I could not put it down. Like yeah. it was really, really good. And the twist, the twist, you'd, you like sometimes the twist comes and you're like, oh yeah, I could see maybe like I didn't see it coming. But now looking back, you could see how you saw it coming. But this one, no. No, I... Nope. I remember I literally gasped when I read the twist. I yeah, yeah because it's like it, it's it's actually so clever and I think the way like the atmosphere of this book is very it's just like the perfect spooky like scary atmosphere and then like well okay, I'll go into the synopsis now but yeah. 
It was. Um, the atmosphere was really spooky. Yes. So yeah. I'll go into the synopsis without spoilers because that's I'll just leave it there. But I'll I'll introduce our main characters. So Amelia is like the main woman in this story, and her husband is Adam. So Amelia and Adam are kind of on the rocks and their relationship, they're a married couple, their relationship isn't doing so well. So they think that this last trip to kind of rekindle their marriage will help it. So Amelia wins like a sweepstakes, like a contest to go to this spooky church. like a creepy like I don't know I pictured like a creepy farmhouse like have you seen that movie The Secret Window with Johnny Depp no if anyone's listening that's seen that movie that's kind of how what I pictured like where Johnny Depp is in this it's kind of like a thriller movie so I pictured that and it's just like this creepy church in the middle of nowhere upon arrival like it's unlocked it's um there's no food and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and the weather's really bad but they have a note from like the owner that says like oh all the food's in the wine cellar or in the freezer and just after staying there for a few days like they kind of start having weird things happening like things are out of place um some pictures go missing just spooky stuff like that and there's times where alice swears that she sees a person like a woman another woman there yeah but her husband adam kind of reassures her like no i don't think anyone's here but he starts to like say he's hearing things as well so yeah it gives you a good setup to like kind of like a typical domestic thriller like a, a couple is not having you know brink of divorce they're not doing so well this is their last little thing to rekindle their marriage and then some creepy shit starts happening so yeah it's like a good typical thriller but then it gets pretty crazy um also i should note that adam is a screenwriter so he's like he writes well, he's a screenwriter and he had his big break because a prolific author Henry Winter has essentially he got the rights to this um really famous book and that's how he got his big break as the career and another part of this book is every anniversary the couple exchanges like traditional gifts so I believe like this is a pretty traditional thing like on year one you exchange a gift that's like paper and then oh yeah paper yeah I don't even know what they are yeah I don't know what they are but it's like 25th anniversary you do this whatever so every year they do like paper cotton pottery tin um and then each year Adam's wife writes him a letter that she never lets him read until now um so yeah, that's kind of a synopsis of the thriller. Lots of secrets, lots of twists that go on. It's kind of one of those thrillers that have multiple twists. Yes. Like it gets it gets kind of crazy. Like I remember when I was reading, I was like, okay, twist one. Okay, what? And then you kind of keep, yeah, you kind of keep wondering what the hell is going on. I don't want to say I don't love thrillers. I just don't pick them up, like I said before. Mm-hmm. But I think if you want to get into thrillers, this one is a really good one because, well, number one, it's phenomenal. Like, it's actually really good and it is highly rated. Mm -hmm. But 
it's also just like it's not a murder mystery and i think kind of maybe that kind of throws people off a little bit with thrillers oh, yeah is like some people just don't like to read murder mysteries and i'm one of those people i guess like i don't i the like who done it stuff doesn't really get me i don't know mm-hmm. why i don't know why maybe i just haven't read good ones but um it's definitely yeah a a genre that i don't read a lot but i really really enjoyed this so yeah and i i think part of what made me enjoy it like i think that sometimes thrillers can be a little bit pulpy mm-hmm. and like not like we were saying like with like literature or um literary fiction like the writing is really important in the way that it gets rated because that's the whole point of the story rather than like and you can have a book that's like not plot based so like basically all thrillers are plot based because they have to be because that's the Mm -hmm. point but there was both like really really good writing as well as a really good plot Mm -hmm. so I think that combination made it really good and like appealed to me a lot and like also a bit of not character development but like like interesting characters like Mm -hmm. you're the whole and the thing I love about I I love when thrillers do this is it's like a dual not a dual timeline but you're reading like mixed media so in this story you'll find that the chapters go from like a chapter of dialogue from someone's point of view and then it'll go to the letters that are being talked about so the letters okay I don't want to go into that yet but <laughs> the letters from the wife like to Adam from the wife yeah are yeah they just talks about their relationship and whatnot and then once you kind of go into it more it's like twisty and stuff and oh it gets crazy yeah. it gets crazy. Um, Okay, did, okay, I think we need to like go into spoilers now and talk about like yeah, I think what so crazy shit goes down. Um, so we'll timestamp this to be the spoilers part. So if you haven't read it yet, go read it and then come back and then you can gasp with us. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any favorite parts or like what? Okay, what was the part that you were that you gasped at? Okay, okay, I do remember this part. I think it was when I was reading because okay, so these letters. You're reading the letters the whole time thinking it's Amelia that, like, Amelia, the wife that is there at the cabin with her. You're thinking she's writing them. And then all of a sudden, you're reading, and then it says that they're from Robin. And you're like, who is Robin? And then you find out. And I remember I read this a couple times, and I was like, okay, what is happening? Like, I I was kind of confused. And then I reread it, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's not from the wife. Like, the, the this is from another woman. And then yeah. you find out Robin is actually the woman that is creeping up on them the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, like, I'm trying to... Is it... When do they... It Like, the letters reveal that it's Robin, and then that's when you kind of... Piece... It gets pieced together at that Yeah, point. it gets pieced together really well. Like, I remember reading it, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well... Because I don't think you even know that he had a wife before. No. No. So that's what she does so well, is that, like, you don't know that he had a wife before. And then all of a sudden, you start to read these letters. And I think the first one was the letter where she was, like, talking about he had a an affair. Yes. Oh, yes. And the way that it's written, you think that it's the woman that he was working with. Yes. Okay, because he's a screenwriter. Yeah. Yes. And so he was... You think from context clues that the affair happened between him and, yeah, this actress that he was working with. But then it ends up being, so then Amelia 
had this best friend named Robin and we find out that they were best friends but like somewhere along the way Amelia got like so this is from Robin's perspective because we're reading Robin's like you're reading Robin's letters but you think it's Amelia from context cues mm-hmm. and so it's Amelia who's or Robin is writing about like yeah this best friend that I had she was so creepy she like took over my life and she like started to look like me or she dyed my hair my color or she like started to tell people that she was me or she started like so she like but then you think that the woman in the so there's there's double twist because first you think you don't even know then you think that the woman in the cabin is the crazy person Mm -hmm. because you think that amelia is the wife and then you find out that robin is the one writing the letters and Amelia is the crazy one. Amelia is the crazy best friend that became mm-hmm. And so it's like you're already you're already like what the fuck? And because it's written from Amelia's perspective, you're reading like her you trust her. You trust her? Yeah. And then yeah. you find out that it's actually Robin who is the not crazy one. So that yeah. was crazy. I just said crazy so many times. But well, it's, like- it's a crazy it's a crazy book and I feel like, well, the part, there's a part at the end where this is when you kind of find out Amelia's crazy because, oh, oh my gosh. So the part at the end where, okay, there's a part in the book. So Adam, like the husband, he lost his mom like when they were younger, like when he was younger. And then you also find out in one of the letters that Robin has written that Amelia the crazy best friend who we find out is the crazy one later was actually responsible for running over Adam's mother. Oh my God. I forgot about that part. Right. Oh my God. So Amelia, this whole time. Yeah. Like she's just like, actually she's the crazy stalker. Like you are reading this book thinking that, yeah, you're thinking that she's, like the innocent one and she's like oh my god I'm getting creeped up on like this is creepy house blah 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 and then she's actually the one that is crazy but now okay this part is escaping me so Robin is the one at this cabin who sets up this getaway for them Robin does Robin sets it up right so that they can go there and then she can confront Amelia yeah Right, okay. Well, like, Robin's also, like, this is the part that's crazy is that she is the one that, like, set up the whole thing. Yes, and okay. she okay. found out that Amelia hit, like, yeah, she, she yes. knows all that. Yes, okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so this book is just, like, nuts. And I think that it's written so well. I feel like there's not a lot of, like, plot holes in this. A lot of thrillers have a lot of red herrings that don't really add up or like is just like a plot hole. But this one adds up really well. And it's one of those stories that make you want to reread the letters because then because you're thinking it's from someone completely different. And then when you reread the letters, you're like, oh, shit, like it's it's completely different. So it's cool when like the author is able to create so much trust with the reader to be like oh, you're going to think this is who we're talking about. But then you realize the author never explicitly said these letters were from Amelia. You just assume it. 
it's kind of crazy how the brain works like that too like when you're reading a book you just kind of assume because of context whatever yeah it's so well written I yeah I I want to go back and I want to reread this one I want to listen to it because even now I'm like how did how did she write this in such a way that that now I want to change my rating like I want to give it a 4.5 now because it was I know I actually want to reread it because I feel like now because it's 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 almost like you're spoiling it but I feel like now that I know what's going on I want to like I want to uncover those little context clues because I think sometimes when you read a thriller you're reading so fast because you want to get to the that's like, true plot twist yeah so you're not really picking up on a lot of things and then once you get there you're like oh my god what did I miss like I must have missed so many things I feel like I did. I feel like I read it so fast. And then when I got to the plot twist, I'm like, oh my gosh. I remember getting to the plot twist and like, I literally just closed the book. (laughs) I was like, I can't right now with that. Like, I literally was like, I just sat there. I felt like I had been bamboozled. Yeah. You feel like you're like, you've been cheated or something. Yeah. It was. Yeah. How did you fool me like that? Okay. Then the other big twist is that there is Henry Water, Henry Winter. Yes. And he is this writer that Adam... Adam, like, got his big break from writing a screenplay about his book. Yes. So Henry Winter wrote, wrote a book. And then Adam adapted the screenplay, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, sorry, I just want to make sure I get this right. And then you find out later that Robin is... Okay, and, like, all throughout the book, Amelia's like, why are you, like, why do you love Henry so much? Like, why are you so obsessed with this man, Henry, and, like, his writing and all this? And you can see that she has this big disdain for Henry. Like, it's like this, it's like, Mm -hmm. why do you care so much about Henry? And then you realize later in the book that Henry, Robin, the actual, the first wife, is Henry's daughter. Yes. But Adam doesn't know that. Yeah. Like, Robin never tells Adam that. So he doesn't know that and she lives this like complete secret that that's who it is. And then when you get to the end of the book, you see that Robin has taken over the writing for Henry because her father passed away. And so when she fled from the relationship after Adam, after she walked in on Adam cheating on her, she went to her father's and like her dad was dying and then her dad died and she buried him but didn't tell anyone that he died and then she took over writing for him yeah like so she was just assuming like she was just under his identity and then like contacting adam Adam. being henry yeah just nuts like so many twists in this book like even like how how does one author keep track of all these twists how do you come up with this yeah i don't understand like so I'm and I'm so interested to see. So I have I'm seeing like on this website that is talking about how it's going to become a Netflix show. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to do it either. Yeah, and I guess the the screen rights to Rock Paper Scissors, like like two of Feeney's previous books, were picked up within a year of its publication. So I mean, kind of interested to see how it's going to be like. Because yeah. I'm like even after reading the synopsis again, I'm like. There's so many twists in this. Like, these characters are crazy. Oh, and also, how does Rock, Paper, Scissors come into this? Now that I'm, like, thinking of the title. 
Well, that's Rock, Paper, Scissors is the name of the screenplay. Oh, right. But I, okay, yes. But it's also because they, so, okay, so the end of the book, Robin and Adam end up together again. Mm -hmm. They just go back to life as it was. Yeah. And (laughs) which just shows that they're both insane. And then, but what happens at the end is that Amelia tries to kill Adam. But then, mm-hmm. because Adam confronts her, so she tries to kill him. But then um, um, Robin comes up behind her and kills Amelia with a pair of scissors. Yes. And then I think the paper is either a node to the... A node? What? A nod to the letters? Or yes. to the anniversary. Like, the paper anniversary. I don't know which one, though. But then I don't know about Rock. But then it's also the book, it's also the screenplay title. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Okay. There's, I feel like, yeah, rock. Yeah. There's just so many things with this book. Yeah. Scissors was how Robin kills Amelia. Paper for the letters. Rock. Um, <laughs> maybe it's like supposed to symbolize the church. Like, cause it's maybe. So- <laughs> or know. like the graves. Oh, that's true. See, I don't know. Now that I'm reading even more into it, there's also another twist at the very, very, very end. So when Robin and Adam get together, this is like, I feel like this is in the epilogue, but Adam is holding on to a secret that he has not told anyone. Oh. But he was actually the person driving the car that teenage Amelia stole when it accidentally ran over his mother. So it's kind of weird. We find out like Amelia is actually innocent when it comes to that. Oh my God. But Adam is also crazy. So it's just like, you find out all these people are fucking crazy. That's pretty much. Oh my God. I forgot about that too. Yeah. So I feel like this book, I don't know. I got really good reviews like most people reviewed it really well like even when i scroll through goodreads everyone's like oh my god what oh my god crazy but i think there's like the, the a couple people that don't really like a couple people in the whole world um that don't really like like unreliable narrators type of thing but yeah. i love it yeah if I like it's done it. right i love it cuz if you fool me okay sure you got me if you, if I came into this book knowing I was going to be fooled and you fooled me so well that I didn't know how many times I was going to be fooled, I'm happy with it. Yes. No, I agree. Like, this one is definitely, like, even, not even a thriller. Like, if you want to get into thrillers, like, this is a good book to get into if you want to get into reading again. Because yeah, I think thrillers are really good to get people into reading again. And, yeah, they're just, like... A quick, usually a quick read, like you're kind of glued to the book because you want to know what's going on. That's yeah, true. Nuts. That one was like hard to wrap my head around. Or like, I know, even even character you're map. talking about it now, I'm like, oh my God. There's so many things that I did not remember. Yeah. Like, I remembered Robin being the, but then after we were talking about it and looking into it more, I realized this is even crazier than I remember. Yeah, and I think I want to reread this one. This podcast is bad. It's just making me want to reread all these books that I've already read. <laughs> I know, I know. It's good though. It's yeah, good. I get to remember them. Yeah. Okay. Well, let us know what you thought. 
Yeah. Also, let us know what thrillers oh, we oh, should read. Oh, him. Oh, 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 what? We missed the the biggest, most important part of this book. <laughs> Adam has that neurological condition where he can't distinguish human emotion on faces. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. He, like yes. can't. He can't. Like no, not human emotions. He can't recognize people based on their faces. Right. Okay. It's called like pro. It's called prosopagnosia. Right. Oh my god. Okay, and that's why he couldn't tell who was there. Like yeah, he difficulty. Couldn't... Yeah, difficulty recognizing faces. So oh he god. can he distinguishes between people based on like their voices and their right. Sm- Okay, now I feel, wow, I feel like that changes so much because do you Is think- Is that how he had the affair? That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like Robin, or no, sorry, not Robin. Amelia was like actually stalking him. He didn't realize he's having an affair because he, well, she's best friends with Robin. So Amelia's best friends with Robin. So she must know that like if she had a crush or something, an obsession- she obviously knows Robin really well and can kind of like manipulate Adam into doing that. Like it seems like this is a lot of like psychological manipulation in a friend group or between friends. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, wait. As this is a crazy. I just I'm googling this pros- prosopagnomia and listen to this article from today. In a recent interview with GQ magazine, Brad Pitt told writer Otessa Moshfag what? that he struggles to remember new people. Why, Are, why is Brad Pitt led, talking to Otessa Moshfag? I don't know. He fears it's led to a certain impression of him that he's remote and aloof, inaccessible, self-absorbed. But the truth is he can't he wants to remember the people he meets and he's ashamed that he can't, Moshfag wrote. After Moshfag told Pitt, that her husband thinks he has the same condition he replied nobody believes me i want to meet another whoa brad pitt should what? play what is this what is this crossover of odessa moshvig and brad pitt with pros yeah i was not expecting you to <laughs> what, what the hell okay well well i don't know that's crazy what the heck this is that is so weird that's i'm so weird i'm so shocked Otessa Moshfag was why was she interviewing Brad Pitt <laughs> oh she interviewed him for GQ oh really she wrote the interview for GQ that would be a fun interview she wrote this piece okay I'm gonna send it to you okay yeah I want to read it that's so interesting I guess she is a writer like I shouldn't be surprised yeah that I mean but... I know I'm like what what are they doing together like... that was just so weird okay here you go Okay, sorry, everybody, for that tangent, but that is a feature of this book that I think makes some of what happened possible. Yeah, that's wild. Okay. Oh, and then we should briefly talk about Bob the dog. Oh! Because (gasps) Bob went to Robin, because Robin, it was Robin's dog, but then when they broke up, Adam kept the dog, and then Amelia took over the dog, and Bob never liked Amelia. Yeah. I don't think. And then, yeah, when they were at the cabin, she had taken Bob because she was like, that's my dog. I'm going to take him. Right. That was a thing. That was another brilliant little Because you think like the dog has been kidnapped or something. Like the dog was missing. He goes missing. And 
Okay, I remember, okay, that was one thing I remember I looked back on and I was like, okay, the person that is creeping on them, this, either it's a ghost, which I didn't think. I was like, this is probably a person. This person must know them somehow because dogs usually like go to someone that's familiar. Yeah. Like they don't usually just like hang out with someone that like they don't know. Yeah. What a brilliant book. Like a lot of twists. Some could argue too many, but I think no. it all works. I think, I think it, it worked really well. Yeah, great thriller. I think I w- I'll probably want to reread it again. Yeah. I think this was out of all of her books, this has gotten like the most attention. Yeah, that's yeah. I think Sometimes I Lie also has Oh, they're pretty much rated the same. Whoa, Sometimes I Lie and Daisy Darker are rated the exact same. Like the average on Goodreads is 3.81 for both. Oh, wow. Which is pretty crazy. But his and hers has her has the highest rating. So 4.09. So, oh. Yeah. Maybe we need well, to read more Alice Feeney. I know. I think I actually put her newest one on hold at the library. So... <laughs> Yeah, maybe that one crazy i feel like i my brain went on a roller coaster just now yeah. <laughs> how does she, she write how does she write five amazing thrillers i know do you think she has a ghostwriter i don't know i yeah i don't know i always wonder like i'm gonna ghostwriter i feel like ghostwriters are only for like memoirs but didn't you say there Apparently was one for, a lot like, of Oho? thriller yeah like a lot of thriller writers have ghostwriters like or or like pen names like they'll have like a different name yeah pen public yeah. Under. yeah I guess that's not really a ghostwriter but it's like well it could be multiple writers I guess but yeah I wonder because I always like what I don't know but sometimes you could just have a knack for it like you could just be like oh I have so many ideas of like weird twisty things happening if anyone has inside scoop let us know uh, let us <laughs> inside goss yeah what a wild wild tangent yeah okay let us know your thoughts yeah let us know your thoughts amazing um let us know what thrillers you loved and that are like as good as this maybe we'll give them a read and if you want more thrillers let us know yes let us know what books you want please email us answer our spotify polls if you're listening on spotify answer the spotify polls we forgot to mention those very like yes. easy to miss, but just like if you just scroll down, if you're listening on Spotify, you can answer our little polls. Mm-hmm. I think it's a new little feature that Spotify mm-hmm. has. So yeah, That's they're kind, kind of fun. fun. We'll catch you next week. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast with Kim and Liv. You can find us on Instagram at Best Read Podcast. Email us at bestreadpodcast at gmail.com and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bestreadpodcast. We would love your support. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.